Welcome to State House Soundbites, WITF's Pennsylvania Politics Podcast. I'm Katie Meyer, State Capitol Bureau Chief for WITF. You can hear my reports on public radio stations across the state. We're in Little Lamp's Coffee Shop on this very cold Friday. It is February 2nd, and uh, I'm here with Chris Kamasak of Capital Wire. Hi. Hey. <laughs> Thanks for coming down. Yep. Um, so we... Uh, you know, this has been, it's a story we've done on this podcast. You know, we've discussed it multiple weeks in a row, but it is the biggest thing that the state has grappled right with now, yeah. in quite a long time. Sort of an unprecedented situation. Uh, our state Supreme Court has ordered that the uh, legislature redraw our congressional maps. And they gave them, almost two weeks ago, they gave them three weeks to do that and promised that they would give them a more... Uh, opinion to follow. An yeah. opinion to follow. Because, and so there's been no full opinion. Now, they did give them some loose guidance. Um, they said, basically, make the districts more compact, more contiguous. Right. It sort of looked like what's currently in the state constitution with regard to legislative districting for the state house and state right, senate. Right, And so you could sort of extrapolate generally what they wanted from that. Right. Um, although you could argue that the state districts aren't compact or contiguous anyway. So well, that's, not... there is a lot of people who were challenging those those two maps as well. Yeah. Right, uh, exactly. So I guess point being, like these are pretty; these are terms that people interpret in lots of different ways. Right, yeah. and so beauty uh, is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, exactly. Contigu- <laughs> contiguity and whatever, all yeah, that yeah, stuff is yeah. in the eye of the beholder. So well. um, the Republicans, they're the ones who are really like fighting against this whole thing. They yes. were very unhappy about this. Very, uh, unhappy. very unhappy, and we'll get into that. But uh, uh, so they're basically saying, you know, we did not have enough time to deal with this. Um, we don't know what you want because right. we needed more detail. And it was assumed that in this fuller opinion that the court has yet to put out, they would have, you know, offered some sort of reason for why the maps are actually unconstitutional, as well as hopefully give some guidance as to how to prevent any future maps from being unconstitutional. Now, this hasn't happened. Now, you are, you're a conservative guy. You've been really pretty critical of this court decision. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) One of the few. (laughs) I wouldn't say that, but we've talked about it a lot in the newsroom over the week. Um, You know, so what's your take on how the Supreme Court has handled this case? Well, it just seems as though you expect when when a judge hands down a ruling that they give you some sort of explanation as to why they came to that ruling, how they came to that ruling, um, and in certain circumstances such as this, um, how you don't run afoul of that ruling in the future. And we've got four justices on the state Supreme Court that apparently don't think they have to do that, or at least they don't have to do that in a timely fashion. Now, this is it's a very partisan issue yes. right now, uh, just because the Republicans have been the ones in the majority. They're the ones who are accused of gerrymandering Correct. the state. This is a Democratic court. Lots of Republicans would have cried foul no matter what. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that was, yeah, that was a given. And, of course, there would have been these appeals. We were appealing to the U.S. Supreme Court. Yeah, I think it, regardless of how the state Supreme Court would have ruled, there would have been some sort of an appeal lodged with a higher court. Yeah. But uh, now that there's no opinion, and right. now that... Well, it's sort of... Prior to this, there was a case to be made that you really couldn't appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court because the state Supreme Court was supposedly basing all of their decisions and their ruling on state law and the state constitution. So it wasn't, it wasn't fertile ground for the United States Supreme Court to get involved. But without them actually giving any guidance, 
without telling us where these these maps are unconstitutional and on what basis they're unconstitutional, and forcing the state legislature to draw a map within three weeks, and now within a week without any type of guidance. With, um, without specific guidance. I don't right. want to say there's no type of well, guidance. There, I, I, there, I, I, is, there is some guidance. There is some guidance, but again, that guidance, I don't know on what basis they're using that guidance, right. because the guidance they gave is what's in the state constitution for state maps. It's, it's not there for congressional maps. And there isn't a whole lot of guidance anywhere, state or federal law, about congressional maps and how they're drawn. So now we're in a time crunch, and I guess today is the deadline for the plaintiffs to provide to the U.S. Supreme Court uh, their, their filings with regard to the, uh, the, the stay request made by the, the legislative Republicans mm-hmm. uh, with regard to the, the, the state ruling. Um, so, you know... Uh, now it's starting to look like, yeah, the U.S. Supreme Court is going to have to come in and, and sort and of play arbiter maps. here. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, the, 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 I don't know if the U.S. Supreme Court comes in and redraws the maps. Oh, but, I'm sorry, the state court would do that. But. Yeah, but yeah, but with the fact that we're running so close to the deadlines that the state Supreme Court made, that if they aren't met, they get to draw the maps. Yeah, it just seems like the U.S. Supreme Court needs to come in and be an arbiter in all this and say. All right, yeah, you can do that, or no, you can't do that. And so we've gotten, I mean, very little information from the U.S. Supreme Court at this point, but Correct. they did, you know... Just make the a- fact that they let this go yeah. to to waiting, you know, to allow plaintiffs to respond yeah. to... The, they didn't just outright reject it. Yeah, that, that does mean that they're at least somewhat interested. Right, right. And uh, again, and I just want to like, kind of make this point. So the argument that the state Republicans, the Senate Republicans, I think, specifically are making yeah. um, would be that the state Supreme Court is just flouting its own you know, constitutional rights and it's impinging on the legislature's constitutional rights to draw its own congressional right. maps. I think the, the phrase that was used by Senator Scarnati, Senate President Pro Tem, of the state senate in his uh, letter to the court on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Was it Wednesday? I think so. Uh, yeah, usurp. usurp. Usurp was that usurp was, was, was the, the word used. That it was the, I love the, the word usurp. Yeah, the court was usurping the legislature's constitutionally granted role yeah. to draw these maps. And actually, I wanted to get into that letter because that letter was uh, in response to a specific request that the court had made from last week. Yeah, from last, last Friday. Yeah, yeah. So this was part and parcel with. Um, when uh, you know that they applied to the state court for a stay, saying your deadline's unworkable for us, right. the state court said, "No, stay at it, and also give us your redistricting." They wanted they wanted basically. map information. They yeah. wanted map information, yeah. much of which is public already. Part of it, yeah, part of the part of the request that they made was for 2011 all the information that was used uh, in 2011 to to make the uh, the congressional map. And then um, another request was for more up-to-date information that could be used to draw, uh, I guess, a new map. Um, yeah, the, the letters that came from the General Assembly, from House Speaker Mike Terzai, and from Senator Scarnati all pretty much said the same thing, just in varying degrees of <laughs> verbosity, uh, that, okay, with regard to the one request, it's already there. You can find that on, right. a, on a website right now. Uh, and with the with regard to the other for more you know uh, current information and like yeah we don't do that right well so we don't do that in response to an order from a court yeah is not you know and, and, and it was we don't do that from the general assembly and 
House Speaker Terzai pretty much said ditto yeah. in his very short letter. Uh-huh. And, and then Senator Scarsetti said, there's no way in hell you're going to get this from me because I don't want to help you usurp right. our right to draw a map. So, and it's Scarnati's uh, letter specifically that I want to talk about yeah. because, I mean, that's not so much a we don't do that as it is a how dare you kind yes, of thing, yes, it was which a, is not a normal communication that you have with the highest court in your state. Yeah. Um, and so it, you know, brings up the question, I mean, you know, a lot of Republicans, you and I have both heard this over the last two weeks, just disagree fundamentally with this decision right. from the court. And, you know, whether or not they have an opinion out, like if they had put out an opinion, I think this would be a dead, slightly different conversation. Correct. But they haven't. But uh, I mean, I think they'd still be arguing about. Oh, they absolutely would. About things. But yes, um, it, it just makes it all the more easy a target for Senate Republicans without right. any guidance, without any without any uh, uh, underpinnings for the unconstitutional nature of the maps. Right. And so um, in this letter, I mean, it's just, it, it creates a situation where the General Assembly and the courts don't trust each other. Correct. And have you, so you've covered the Capitol for a while, you worked in the Capitol before that. I mean, you know, have you seen this before? Um, not, not to this extent. I mean, I know when they when the uh, when the courts ruled a lot of the um, Marcella Shale law uh, unconstitutional, there was some sniping back and forth. Now that court happened to be a little bit more Republican than this current version of the court, uh, but yeah, there was there was some sniping back and forth there. Not I. I may be forgetting at times when. Uh, Democrats have had a problem with with the Republican court and Republican court's rulings, but um, as far as Republicans against the Supreme Court, it's been, it's not been like this. Right. Well, and also like a situation where the, you know, the legislature straight up refuses to give over information the court has ordered. I mean, does that happen very much? What What's the recourse for that? What can the I, court know, do now? I, I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, that's, <laughs> I. I mean, I, I guess the argument that the Senate Republicans are making is that they they don't find the court's order to be constitutional. Right. And who, who decides that, I, though? I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I think if you just decide, like, well, I don't agree with your thing. Yeah. And I guess this is, the, this is where they're coming from, is that this is why we need the U.S. Supreme Court to right, get in, because, right. you know, they can be an arbiter of whether or not this is constitutional. Uh, I don't know. It's, I mean, but, like, we are in a situation now, though, where, like, no one really seems to have authority because everybody's... Everybody questions everyone else's authority. And That's not even do they question it, they refuse to comply with it. Yeah. And so that's a situation where, I mean, we keep saying the word uncharted territory just because this is a pretty extreme decision that the court has made. Yeah. No other state has made a decision of quite this. I guess, uh, yeah, no, no, no state, other state court. court. Yeah, no, there was a federal court in North Carolina that did something very similar. But it got and, stayed. And it got stayed by the U.S. Supreme Court. But again, that was a federal court, federal ruling, so the U.S. Supreme Court can okay. easily jump court, in. Right. Um, this yeah, is trickier. Yeah, this is a lot trickier. So um, I also want to talk about the fact that I mean, we have really can't overstate how many conversations we've had in the newsroom with various people over the week. Everybody just wants to relitigate this. Yeah, you know. <laughs> we've all just been fighting about it amongst yeah. ourselves. But um, I think a really interesting question here is like what other, you know, wh- what other routes we could have to, you know, fixing a gerrymandering problem in this See, I don't, I don't particularly, I don't particularly that, find this a so problem. You, so. yeah, you don't think, you disagree <laughs> with the premise that there's a problem. Yes. Do you want to, actually, do you want to get into that? Why do you disagree? Well, I, I, I think the underlying argument to this entire situation is that 
there's a certain number of votes that are that are uh, made by Democratic voters during congressional district contests statewide, and that the number of votes that are are cast uh, does not reflect the number of seats that they ultimately win in those congressional district elections. So, it, I mean, basically, they think they have they, they have this many people vote; they should get you know eight eight seats out of the 18 seats that we have as opposed to the five that they currently have. Sure. And <clears throat> I don't I don't buy that because when you look, you know, look at 2016. It was a presidential election, so it was a pretty decent, you know, voter turnout, high voter turnout. Um, there were more votes cast for Republican candidates than there were cast for Democratic candidates. Of the votes that were cast for Democratic candidates, uh, at least 40% of those votes were cast in four districts. Two in Philadelphia, one in Pittsburgh, and uh, there was a, uh, a race unopposed, uh, um, Representative sure. Boyle. Sure, sure. Uh, and the, the, the other 60% were, you know, throughout the rest of the state and the other... 12 districts, and it's hard to make the argument that there are four other districts out there that they could have won. Mm-hmm. But now, I do want to say, I mean, there's obviously self-sorting that happens in Pennsylvania yeah, exactly. and in any state, yeah. and that is, again, there's not much you can do about that. Yeah. But gerrymandering doesn't just, you know, <laughs> affect partisanship in districts, it affects incumbent protection, and I don't think you can deny that incumbents in Pennsylvania tend to be very safe. Democrats as yeah, well. Yeah, but incumbents are safe for a multitude for of reasons. For many reasons, but I mean, reasons. you still, I mean, the fact remains, we have lots of people who don't even see opponents in their races. Well, yeah, there were, there, were, there were three in congressional districts. Yes. There, were, there were three races that were unopposed, two Republican and one Democrat. And that's pretty major. Um, I, I would say it's, it's I, I, Actually, I think there were probably more, more contested races in this last election cycle than there have been in other election well, cycles. Well, that goes to show you. Um, so anyway, so that's a component of gerrymandering that I think doesn't always get brought up but is, I think, very important. And then you also, I mean, <laughs> you do have situations where you can't deny some of these districts were built with a specific purpose. And you will hear Republicans and people say, yeah, there are certain districts where it's an issue, um, where it they, was there they, for they, a they reason. Were, they certainly, uh, and they think, have really good technology now yeah, where they, they really can do that. I think, I think what you have to do is you, you go back to the, the prior redistricting. The 2001 one? The, the 2001. Um, there, was a, there was an attempt made by Republicans to expand the map. <clears throat> that they could that they could be competitive uh, in more districts than they sure, currently sure. are competitive in. Uh, I think what happened that 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 ended up not working out for them initially, and then it, elect, a couple election cycles later, it it, it did. Poor fruit. It, it, it worked for them, and they, um, what happened in 2011, I think, in, in a few of those districts, they decided to take things a little bit further. A little further. They had better technology. They right. used computers this time. Right. They could make it specific. But the argument that I can look at that map and say, that is a really screwy-looking district, mm. that's 
clearly unconstitutional. And a lot of people do this at face value, which exactly. is not necessarily accurate. It's not accurate, but it's not, not accurate sometimes at all. Sometimes it's accurate. <laughs> it's but sometimes it's accurate, but you have to remember that there, there, are, there are certain rules, and not that these rules were employed in Pennsylvania, but there are certain rules at the federal level that say that you can't discriminate against minority, uh, racial minorities or ethnic minorities. So in some cases, you have to draw districts in a screwy way to ensure that you're not discriminating against Sure, them. sure. So the idea that you can look at a district and simply say, that doesn't look right, so well, therefore it's unconstitutional. I think the bottom line in this bill is that the partisanship has always been part of this process. It's a political right. process. The party in power has a lot of say in drawing the lines. Right. You know, that's, again, part and parcel. The question is how... Of course, that, that, that map still has to get voted on, and there, there was a bipartisan vote... That's where you do get into like, well, you know, some incumbents stand to gain from maps where they're safer. But yeah, I the know, point but, I, but you have to remember, it wasn't congressional members that were voting on this map. It was, it was state, state members, ma- members that were voting, and they don't run in the congressional districts. Well, they could. They could eventually, but they weren't running in those districts. So sure, sure. Good the, point. The point is that, you know, they needed Democratic votes to pass that thing because they didn't have enough Republican votes to pass it, and they got them. But the question now, I think, is, okay, is there a situation where we could decide that these maps are too partisan, that we've gone too far. That's what this core is purporting to have decided. Now, I mean, we don't, and and this is the problem, and I want to make this clear, because a lot of people, like people from the administration have said, oh, we have enough information, like it's A-OK that we don't have a full opinion. We really don't know their criteria for saying that these are too partisan, and that's very important. Um, And so that's the issue here. But, uh, you know, they could, if they put out a well-reasoned opinion, they could say, okay, these are the specific criteria that right. we've come up with that would say, we have a precedent in the state now, your map can't be more partisan than this. Right. And that would be, I think, in the eyes of many people, legitimate. Well, at least it would be better than what we have now, which is we don't have any rules. Right. I think what, I think where the court is going to find some difficulty is on what basis they come up with the rules. Right. I mean, the court... There's different measures the, of partisanship. The court, yeah, the court can sim- can't simply make it up. <laughs> <laughs> they have to have a, a, an under, a legal underpinning for, for the decisions that they make. And so, you know, fairness, in air quotes, fairness, that's a really difficult thing to determine based on what's out there right now. Sure. But I don't want to say that they're not going to do that. Maybe they're oh, going to they, come up with a really genius ruling. Yes, they certainly could come up with something that is very clear about you know percentages and, and what municipalities yeah. can be, you know, what groups can be cut from here to there, whatever. A lot of Republicans are still going to be unhappy no matter what. Oh, sure. But the point is, if, if we get more clarity about how this process is supposed to move forward, it makes it at least a little bit easier to know what's fair and what's not fair. Mm -hmm. And that's why I have a problem with with all the discussions right now about changing the system to this or that because it'll be more fair. We don't know it will be more fair because we don't have an actual measure of fairness now. Yeah. And I do want to get into that real quick because, it, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, clearly there's gerrymandering. And I don't think, I mean, yeah, people manipulate districts in a partisan fashion. Right. The question is, like, how much is too much? Right. Many people would say that what we've had right now is too much. But, uh, you know, there are other ways of potentially changing how we do redistricting. Lots of people want an independent citizens commission. Right. Uh, lots of people want other stuff, just things that would get a little bit of the power of redistricting out of the legislature's hands. Right. Now, it's 
never going to pass. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say never, but we've just had so little success in passing something like that. Again, what was interesting, uh, the federal court that ruled on a similar case a couple weeks ago, the judge said that the plaintiffs are basically seeking a legislative fix from the courts. They don't want, I'm willing to wait for that legislative fix to come through the legislative process. They want the courts to make that, that call now, and the court, that, at least that court, wasn't willing to do that because they felt that wasn't in their purview to right. do. This court felt differently. This court, well, we'll, we'll, we'll we don't know yet. Uh, but the, the point is that, yeah, there is a legislative process. Um, you either pass some laws or you make some changes to the Constitution. None of those things happens quickly. It takes two sessions in Pennsylvania right. to change the so Constitution. Better part of three to four years yeah. to change the Constitution. And that's assuming everyone agrees to change the Constitution. And the problem you get with something like redistricting is the party in power, Republican or Democrat, is right. almost never going to vote to you know, get rid of some of its own power. Correct. And so that's where we at. That's where we're at. <laughs> uh, again. And that's why people look to the court for something like this. Yes, uh, but again, the... The way our government is set up, the court doesn't get to write laws. Well, uh, but, but you know, the court and hasn't written any laws. Not yet. We don't know. You're <laughs> yet. you're assuming that. Uh, well, I'm, I'm finding it hard to believe that that's not where they're going. Right. Um, now, our other option here, if the, well, I'm assuming we're going to get an opinion sometime in the next week because uh, they well, said yeah, they were going. Hope so, because the map <laughs> we has have to one get, more week. The map has to get done next next by next Friday by the yeah, legislature. A week from today. Um, Plus, I, I'm assuming that there will be uh, some indication from the U.S. Supreme Court what they're planning on doing at some point next in week. In deference well. to that timeline, yeah. Right. So that's a thing. Um, if we don't meet that timeline, though, if the Supreme Court doesn't issue a stay, right. if the legislature doesn't make the timeline... Yes, then the state Supreme Court gets to draw the map. Yep, which lots of people say is a, an overreach of their power. It, it, it's another constitutional pitfall, yes. A potential constitutional pitfall. We'll have to... There are still a few unknowns, so like to the point where yeah. like I don't know if we can say anything for sure. Uh, it's potential constitutional Potential. Yeah. Um, and so what have you heard so far about how the map redrawing is going in the legislature? Uh, well, as, well, as far as the legislature is concerned, it, it ain't happening. Uh, they refuse to... I, I find it hard to believe that, that, that somebody's not drawing something up somewhere. I think a lot of the Democrats maybe were working well, the, on I think, stuff. I think it's possible the Republicans are also doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, true. It's just uh, the maps that they might be redrawing might not be very... Uh, let's just say the Democrats might not be happy with the maps that they're redrawing. Uh-huh. Uh, you have a lot of latitude when there are five districts that are going to be open. You don't have incumbents in, in, in five districts right now. Or I guess it's... You have a special election, which will technically create an incumbent. Um, but so, you, so you, could have, you could argue that maybe you have six districts out of 18 that you don't have to worry about that incumbency <laughs> protection that we were talking about before. Yeah. It sort of frees you up to carve up those districts a little bit more. And, well, and, and there and, are talks like about maybe getting rid of a district in the Philly area. It goes from three districts to two. Yeah. Like well, like I mean, that. right now Philadelphia has two very clear districts. Yeah. And then, like a kinda, then there are about three, three or I guess about three, maybe even four, that they reach into the outskirts yeah. and into certain areas of Philadelphia to pull some Democratic votes. And, yeah. Um, so anyway. But yeah, it's, I mean, you could draw Philadelphia with three, three districts for them. Yeah. Um, but again, then you, you sort of, if you're doing that, then 
you lose Democratic votes in other districts, and it makes those districts a bit more Republican. And uh, anyway, there's lots of ways. Competitive district. If you want to make competitive districts, it's kind of hard to to do that when the Democratic votes are located in. Well, most of the, a lot of the Democratic votes are located in two particular areas. Really of the specific state. area. Yeah, you're right. Um, so anyway, we don't know what any maps look like. We know no. that the legislature um, has retained some experts. They yep. have various lawyers working on that. The Wolf Administration has also retained everybody's, experts. Everybody's got their own experts yes. now. Yes, and, and they're basically the court has its expert. Yep. And they're everybody is. I think everyone is working on something. It's just I don't think that the Republicans in the legislature are going to take the wraps off of whatever they're working on until they've seen an opinion. Yeah. Uh, I think right now they have the excuse that they're not going to do that because they want to make sure that they're they're not wrong <laughs> right. with a new map. Uh, afterwards, but they, th- also uh, when afterwards, if, if they do get an opinion, I, they might still not pull anything well, out from the Well, I think once they get an opinion, they may finesse their argument against having to do this in the first place. Right. Uh, right. You know, now they'll actually well, at least be able to pick apart an opinion right. and say, yeah, okay, that's that's wrong, that's wrong. That's if we wrong. disagree there, yeah, there, there, there. Exactly. No one's when this – basically, when this opinion comes out, no one's just going to be like, oh, okay, we yeah, can do sure, that. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> There's always going to be we'll a just happen to have a map over here that does all that. Right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's pretty much the situation. Anything yeah. else that – I guess to recap, everyone's mad at each other and not listening to the court necessarily. Correct. Uh, we don't know what the court really wants specifically. Yep. And we don't know if the U.S. Supreme Court's going to weigh in. We don't know a lot. There's lots of stuff we don't know. Um, but it's, you know, it's just fun times over well, here. Well, it keeps us, keeps us talking. <laughs> it keeps us busy. Uh, real quick before we end, uh, anything else that you've been following this week? Um, not really. Uh, I did I did see something early this morning because I was, I was busy with other things yesterday. Uh, the... Uh, Wolf Administration has at least finalized the financing agreement portion of the Pennsylvania Farm Show lease leaseback, which delivers two hundred million dollars. Well, actually, it already delivered two hundred million dollars into the state's uh, general fund coffers at the end of January, which helped us. In January, uh, we got the revenue figures yesterday. Yeah. And, you know, revenue figures were up, but. Most of that was due to two hundred million dollars from. It's a one-time thing. <laughs> that and also, well, and a one-time thing from uh, ninety point two million dollars from two auctions. Yeah. From mini casinos when they weren't expecting more than maybe seven point five to ten million dollars per auction. So that was big, and we still have a couple more auctions to go at least on that. But yeah, although, we also can't expect the numbers to stay that high. Probably. No, in fact, I think the IFO earlier this week said that uh, they're not. <laughs> They don't even think that there are more than five locations yeah. in the state that are legitimate mini casino locations. It so. was eight possible ones, right? That was the or well, ten. ten. The, originally, it was ten. And they were expecting hundred million dollars from ten auctions. Yeah. Uh, well, they've already got ninety point two million dollars from two, uh, assuming that no one <laughs> successfully sues and invalidates all of this. Isn't that always a possibility? It's always a possibility. Um, but yeah, the the IFO said that there might be another three. Yeah locations in the state and that's our opinion yeah. uh, that that could generate some money and I I don't know how much I don't think we're going to see the 40 to 50 million dollar uh, bids that we saw for the first right, two right. 
but you know, we'll still we probably could. make it to 100. Though. I think I think they'll make it to make it to 100 million from 90.2. You never know. Uh, but but uh, anyway, <laughs> I also want to say um, the least lease back money yeah. is sort of maybe filling up a slight void that was left by the fact that uh, we tried to take that amount of money from the Joint Underwriters Association for the second year in a row, and for right. the second year in a row they've sued the state saying, yes, "No, you can't are, have it." There are a couple assumptions in the state budget that uh, aren't that, bearing fruit. That that probably won't bear fruit yeah, at um, least for a while. I mean, the JUA may at some point, depending on how the courts rule. And then there's also a $300 million in transfers from special funds. Which Wolf has to make, which he says he probably is not yeah. going to make. Yeah, so that, I mean, the $200 million from the lease-leaseback of the uh, of the farm show helps to cover up some of that stuff. Yeah. So, well, you know, all fun things. Oh, yeah. Give or take a hundred and next million. Week, <laughs> and next week is the budget address and on Next Tuesday. week is the budget address. I think a thing worth watching in this is uh, whether the state actually decides to up its spending uh, from this year or yeah. stays kind of stayed. Uh, they, I think we're pretty much anticipating a relatively modest budget, not a lot of new spending. I think, I think a cost-to-carry budget is a pretty good likelihood. Cost-to-carry is when you keep all your, ex- your expenditures pretty much the same from the year previously. Right. Yeah. It's, it's cost of carry is it, there are there are certain mandatory things that we have to spend on. Yeah. Uh, so we spend on that, and then everything else stays yeah, pretty much the same. Yeah. And now, um, even with that, though, the IFO has already projected that we're going to have somewhere close to a billion dollar shortfall, probably maybe like six hundred million ish if we do, do the cost of carry budget. Right. The Wolf administration has said no, that's not true. Well, yeah, and it all it all comes down to what assumptions you make with regard to the spending. Right, and so we'll see now what the spending is going to do and whether the IFO or the administration was correct. Yep. Uh, so that'll be fun. Stay tuned for um, budget extravaganza next week. Yeah, and, an, e- and an Eagles championship. <laughs> a Philadelphia Eagles championship. I did, yeah, quick note. We had a lot of uh, Eagles jerseys on the uh, Senate floor this week. We also had a lot of like random speeches saying the Eagles are, there's divine providence that the Eagles are going to win, things like that. They're, they're, Lots of prayers it's, it's, for it's the Eagles. It's been a special year for them. Yes. <laughs> it's been a special year for them. So everyone in the legislature is very excited. And yep. if they lose, they're going to come in on Monday super sad. Yes. Yes. Probably yes. Get I'll be super sad because if they win, I probably won't come in on Monday. <laughs> if they lose, I'll probably be here. On Chris Monday. will be busy burning down Philadelphia either way. I won't, but uh, um, I'll just I'll just be sleeping off the celebration. Right, of course. Probably didn't end until very early in the morning. All right. Well, on that note, uh, I think we've covered it. Stay tuned for more fun redistricting news. Um, there will be more in the next, next week. week. Definitely. Next week's <laughs> going to be a big week for us. All right. Uh, we'll see you then. Thanks for listening.